0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: We're excited to hear from them a little bit later in their service, and so I'm going to give them uh, some time out of this first portion of the service. So I'm going to be moving a little bit ahead of schedule. And uh, so let's pray that the Lord will just touch our heart and let his word anoint our minds in this place, shall we? Isaiah 10 and 24. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod, and shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt. For yet a little while, and the indignation shall cease, and mine anger in their destruction. And the Lord of hosts shall stir up a scourge for him according to the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Orem. And his rod was upon the sea, so shall he lift it up after the manner of Egypt. Verse 27 And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall destroy. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And I want to talk to you today about the anointing, because of the anointing. In the spirit-filled atmosphere today, we feel the presence of the Lord. And I realize that humanity has the ability to be moved by uh, music and talent and abilities. Certainly that happens uh, on many, many fronts. But what we have felt here this morning has been the very presence of the Lord, and it's the anointing of God. That's what makes all of the difference, amen. It's not just what we say or what we sing or what we do, but it is the anointing of God, and that is, that is the imperative of the hour. We need God's anointing upon our lives, and uh, We we talk about the anointing, and we may use different terminology for that, the favor of God, or whatever we may call that, but we certainly see uh, in Scripture history uh, that God anointed, literally anointed those that he was calling to lead uh, his people through various times, that anointing of God that was poured on, Uh, to the head of Saul or to the head of David and many others who were anointed through scripture that anointing that we're talking about today is not uh, a process of just pouring oil upon our head but the spirit of God that dwells in us now in the New Testament church we need the anointing of God with us We we cannot break the yoke any other way and that's what Isaiah is referring to here he said the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing and so um, nothing that we do in, as a church no ministry that we have will have real any real merit or really any value if we do not have the anointing or the favor of God upon what we're doing and uh, so I I really believe that the necessary circumstances um, have evolved in our church to take us to the next dimension that God has prepared for us. I really believe that God is preparing this church uh, for something and I'm not talking about something over the hill in the sweet by and by. I think we're experiencing that now. <clears throat> but I believe that this step is is the accumulation, of, accumulation really of many things. I think number one, I think it is the timing of God. I believe that God's hand is just upon our life. We're, we're in the right place at the right time. I'm thankful that I'm alive in 2014. We read about Bible events and uh, many times if we're not careful we can get so caught up in the stories of scripture that you almost have a longing to be back there. And uh, I, I understand that, but I also am very thankful that I'm alive in 2014 and a part of the church in this hour because God's timing has brought us to a very specific place in time. I'm thankful for the unification of spirit and mind and heart that I feel in our church. And that is something that we should never take for granted because just because a church has unity doesn't mean that it is a forever treasure because you can lose your unity and you in that and when you lose your unity you've you've run aground you've lost a very very valuable asset and i but i'm thankful for the unified spirit that we feel in our church i believe that there is a delicate balance of passion and faith and that is coupled with anticipation about what god is doing in this very hour in our lives i believe that one of the things that lends to God's favor being upon us is because as a church, we are settled in our beliefs. We are committed to the apostles' doctrine. We have committed ourselves to the foundation of what we have been built on. The New Testament church has been established on. This is not just flash. This is not pomp and circumstance. But we have committed ourselves to the fundamental aspect of the word of God. I think that we are committed to God's standard of holiness and that is the benchmark of our lives. I'm trying to be more like him and I hope that our migration is toward him and not toward worldliness and worldly thinking and worldly ways because a church that is standing, peering over the fence of, of uh, worldliness and carnality is not going to have the anointing of God upon us. And so our bent needs to be the other way. Our direction needs to be turned. i often referred to as holiness, and scripture even refers to holiness as a highway. And so I realize that in our church, as in any other church, there are people at various places along the highway. And I'm not worried about that. Amen. I, I'm, I would be worried about veterans that are still way back down the road. Amen, I'd be worried about people that know better driving the other direction, but if we can all get pointed the same direction and all going the same way, then we're all going to arrive where we need to be, and so I want to never lose the aspect of the scripture speaking to our hearts to come out and be separate, saith the Lord. I believe the awakening that in our, in our mind and in our heart as a church of a harvest that is ripe and ready. I believe that that awareness is a wonderful thing because there's a lot of people that don't have that awareness. They live oblivious that there is a harvest field. They live, they live blinded by the fact that there is and there are people that are hungry and, and hurting and looking. But the most powerful thing I believe that God has done for us is to solidify an atmosphere where we truly believe with God's help we can make a difference. Because as long as a a church feels like they are just marching in time, or standing in place, and marching in place, and and marking time, If, if, if a church never feels like, and let me back up and say that what makes a church are individuals. And so if individuals feel like they cannot make a difference, that they are just taking up space, then the devil has us in a place of defeated thinking, Amen, and so I think that the Lord has helped us to see that we can, with God's help, make a difference in this world. And so that's a powerful gift. That's not due to sheer talent or the abilities of mankind. But the stage is set because the anointing of the Lord is in this place. Amen. The anointing of God. Don't ever take that for granted. I say it often and I will continue to say it if God gives me breath. I don't ever want to lose the awe or the wonder of being in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I felt his presence a moment ago as we were worshiping and we began to sing, about, uh, begin to sing and praise about the, the majesty of God and as we began to praise and worship him, I felt his presence sweep into this room and I, I just can't be still. I'm not doing anything for a show. I, it doesn't matter to me what anybody thinks. I can't be still in the presence of the Lord because I'm determined to never get over that. I don't ever want to lose the wonder of being in the presence of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, and I don't mean this critical because it's a very serious thing, but I see people professing to have the Holy Ghost and God can be moving in a mighty way and they're just sitting there like a bump on a pickle and there's something wrong. There's something wrong when God means no more to you than that. Hey, Amen. I got to wave my hand. I, I got to do something. I got to be. Taken by the fact that the Spirit of the Lord is in the house, the anointing of God. Hallelujah. And so I, I want to realize that the world around us is searching and looking for answers, and they're looking for peace. They're looking for solutions to their dilemmas. The world around us is searching for anointed leadership. And a church and church members that have decided to stop playing games and be real. They're looking for somebody that will not just do this on Sunday. Anybody can do this at church. What they're looking for is to meet you on the street Monday and you still be what you were yesterday. Hey Amen. I want to still be talking that way. I want to still be walking that way. I want to still be dressing that way. I want to still be thinking that way. And then I didn't just dress up for your benefit or I didn't just clean up for your benefit, but the world is looking for somebody that when nobody else is looking, they're still not cursing, they're still not robbing and stealing. And Come on now. Amen, the world's looking for somebody that's real, real. They're looking for somebody that's not playing games, but they're really serious about this thing. For countless people, the unrest within and the uncertainty without and the fear of the unknown have, has made their future dim. It is in this hour that awaits for a man of peace. Amen. The stage is set. Hear me. The stage is set. People will either turn to a false man of peace. Paul calls that the man of sin or the antichrist in 2 Thessalonians 2. Or they are going to turn to a real man of peace and that is in Jesus Christ. Because people are searching, they're looking everywhere, they are hungry, they have realized something's missing, and so that's why the church has to get ready, and we have to stay ready, if you pick up your phone in the next few minutes, and you dial 911, you're going to hope for sure that on the other end, somebody's not jumping up and looking under pillows and under paperwork trying to find the keys to the ambulance, you're going to call that number in faith, That they are prepared, that they have been sitting there waiting, anticipating that exact moment in your life. They didn't know who was going to be on the other end. But they made sure before they backed it back into the bay that everything was in place. Everything they needed, it's fueled up, it's ready to go. The only thing they're waiting for is a phone call. And by the same token, when somebody walks through the doors of this church, I pray they don't find us scurrying around trying to find the key, amen. I hope they don't find us trying to search and look around and try to find enough anointing to pray a prayer of faith, amen. But I hope when they step in, they walk face to face with a spirit of anticipation, And as a church, we are saying we didn't know who was gonna walk through the door and we didn't know what your situation was gonna be but we want you to know that we are prepared. We're not trying to get ready. We've been praying. We've been fasting. We've been leaning in. We have been preparing for this very moment. Because of the anointing, we can help the world in its quest for hope and peace. Never before since the birth of the New Testament church recorded in Acts 2 Has the hour held more excitement and promise than the day we're standing in? I'm speaking to every saint of God now in this house that wants to make a difference in your world. It's impossible to have those kind of results without the anointing of God. There's not enough ability to break the chains of sin. There's not enough talent. There's not enough finesse. There's not enough organization. There's not enough administration. To break the back and the yoke of sin. We need the anointing of God. It's impossible to have those kind of results without the anointing of God. And so the harvest is available and that is no question. But we must be anointed. This new year is going to find us focusing, I hope, as a church to be more anointed than ever before. The anointing is not something that is beyond our ability to obtain, to possess, nor to maintain. God has made his anointing available to everybody that will consecrate their lives and dedicate themselves to him. God robed himself in the flesh of Jesus Christ and came as the anointed Messiah. And in his flesh, he depended upon that anointing. Isaiah 6 and 1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. That's what Isaiah said. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives the opening of the prison to them which are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. We've been anointed to do this. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Verse 4 says, and they shall build old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities. The desolations of many generations. And the strangers shall stand and feed your flock. And the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. I'm talking about the anointing of the Lord. You see, we need to be anointed because when you meet somebody in an office or in a restaurant or wherever you may meet them in a hospital room, they may not have time to wait till Wednesday night service at 7.30. They may not have the opportunity they may not be afforded the privilege to wait till next Sunday and, oh, if you can just come be there Sunday, oh, we're going to have a great time. No. They need a church that is anointed when we walk out of these doors that we can lay hands on people and pray a prayer of faith and God can bless our prayer. As I I mentioned, Brother Darrell John's sermon from... Uh, almost eleven years ago now, we've we've got to we want to pray for God to bless us, but in order to do that, we've got to live a life that God can bless, because He's not just going to bless anything. So we've got to live blessable lives. And Jesus didn't hold the anointing selfishly; He wants to to bless us with that, anoint us with that, and because of the anointing, we can march into this new year with confidence, knowing that the Lord is going before us. I believe that there must be an effort greater than ever before for not only personal but unified soul winning. That needs to be the priority for every saint of this church in 2014. Because of the anointing, we can make a huge difference in this hour. We really can. We really can. It's so dark outside. Trust me, just a little bit of light will make all the difference in the world. Any great thing we accomplish is going to be accomplished by the anointing of God because the anointing breaks the yoke and causes us to prevail. And in closing, I want to turn your attention to another Old Testament passage. The Bible says in the book of Habakkuk 3 and 13, Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed. Thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked, by discovering the fountain unto the neck. Now, I want to go back to a passage that I read in our text. Not read all of that again, but just the 27th verse. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And so if you look at these two scriptures and I just want to look at, a principle that's found in these two scriptures. We see a connection in these two verses and that connection is the neck. The Lord said that he would break the yoke off of the neck. Amen. He said to in, to in the book of Habakkuk, he said, thou woundest the head of the house of the wicked by discovering the fountain unto the neck. The neck is a very, very important thing because without, without a healthy neck, the head cannot function properly. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but I'm trying to tell you what God said he would do with the anointing. Amen, with the anointing. That's why the devil wants to place yokes about our neck because he wants to inhibit and stop the movement of the head. Hear me today. The devil hates your anointing. He is afraid of your anointing. That's why David said, Thou anointest my head with oil. The enemy hates the anointing of God that is upon your life. Amen. I'm <clears throat> am not opposed to it either way, but I really like the anointing oil that has the fragrance. Because even after not just I've been prayed for, but after praying for others, you can just still smell that aroma. It's a reminder of the anointing of God. Amen, and I'm thankful for his anointing. I want to make sure that we understand as a church that this is not about us, it's about him through us. And that's what we need more than anything else. We need the anointing. Because of the anointing, lives are changed. Because of the anointing, destinies are changed. Because of the anointing, men and women are set free and families are mended and all kinds of things are done because of the anointing of God. We need it, don't we? Amen. Let's stand together. Why don't we? I wonder if we would just lift our hands together this hour and ask God to touch our heart. Ask Him to touch our mind. Lord, this is not something we feel that we can do on our own. We come to you today realizing that we must have your authority. We must have your power. We can't just speak in our own name and we can't operate in our own name. God, we can speak your name and at your name,